section two of the mabinogen volume three by anonymous translated by charlotte guest this librivox recording is in the public domain section two so gual went forth to his possessions and pois went also back to deved and they both spent that year until it was the time for the feast at the palace of hethef hen then gual the son of cleed set out to the feast that was prepared for him and he came to the palace and was received there with rejoicing pois also the chief of anun came to the orchard with his hundred knights as rhianon had commanded him having the bag with him and pois was clad in coarse and ragged garments and wore large clumsy old shoes upon his feet and when he knew that the carousal after the meat had begun he went towards the hall and when he came into the hall he saluted gual the son of cleed and his company both men and women heaven prosper thee said gual and the greeting of heaven be unto thee lord said he may heaven reward thee i have an errand unto thee welcome be thine errand and if thou ask of me that which is dust thou shalt have it gladly it is fitting answered he i crave but from want and the boon that i ask is to have this small bag that thou seest filled with meat a request within reason is this said he and gladly shalt thou have it bring him food a great number of attendants arose and begun to fill the bag but for all that they put into it it was no fuller than at first my soul said gual will thy bag be ever full it will not i declare to heaven said he for all that may be put into it unless one possessed of lands and domains and treasure shall arise and tread down with both his feet the food that is within the bag and shall say enough has been put therein then said rhianon unto gual the son of cleed rise up quickly i will willingly arise said he so he rose up and put his two feet into the bag and pois turned up the sides of the bag so that gual was over his head in it and he shut it up quickly and slipped a knot upon the thongs and blew his horn and thereupon behold his household came down upon the palace and they seized all the hosts that had come with gual and cast them into his own prison and pois threw off his rags and his old shoes and his tattered array and as they came in every one of pois's his knights struck a blow upon the bag and asked what is here a badger said they and in this manner they played each of them striking the bag either with his foot or with a staff and thus played they with the bag every one as he came and asked what game are you playing at thus the game of badger in the bag said they and then was the game of badger in the bag first played lord said the man in the bag if thou wouldest but hear me i merit not to be slain in a bag said heaveth hen lord he speaks truth it were fitting that thou listen to him for he deserves not this verily said pois i will do thy counsel concerning him behold this is my counsel then said rhianon thou art now in the position in which it behooves thee to satisfy suitors and minstrels let him give unto them in thy stead and take a pledge from him that he will never seek to revenge that which has been done to him and this will be punishment enough i will do this gladly said the man in the bag and gladly will i accept it said pois since it is the counsel of heaveth and rhianon such then is our counsel answered they i accept it said pois seek thyself sureties we will be for him said heaveth until his men be free to answer for him and upon this he was let out of the bag and his liegemen were liberated 
demand now of gual his sureties said heveth we know which should be taken for him and heveth numbered the sureties said gual do thou thyself draw up the covenant it will suffice me that it be as rhianon said answered poise so unto that covenant were the sureties pledged verily lord said gual i am greatly hurt and i have many bruises i have need to be anointed with thy leave i will go forth i will leave nobles in my stead to answer for me in all that thou shalt require willingly said poise mayest thou do thus so gual went towards his own possessions and the hall was set in order for poise and the men of his host and for them also of the palace and they went to the tables and sat down and as they had sat that time twelve months so sat they that night and they eat and feasted and spent the night in mirth and tranquillity and the time came that they should sleep and poise and rhianon went to their chamber and next morning at the break of day my lord said rhianon arise and begin to give thy gifts unto the minstrels refuse no one to-day that may claim thy bounty thus shall it be gladly said poise both to-day and every day while the feast shall last so poise arose and he caused silence to be proclaimed and desired all the suitors and the minstrels to show and to point out what gifts were to their wish and desire and this being done the feast went on and he denied no one while it lasted and when the feast was ended poise said unto hepheth my lord with thy permission i will set out for deved to-morrow certainly said hepheth may heaven prosper thee fix also a time when rhianon may follow thee by heaven said poise we will go hence together willest thou this lord said hepheth yes by heaven answered poise and the next day they set forward towards deved and journeyed to the palace of narberth where a feast was made ready for them and there came to them great numbers of the chief men and the most noble ladies of the land and of these there were none to whom rhianon did not give some rich gift either a bracelet or a ring or a precious stone and they ruled the land prosperously both that year and the next and in the third year the nobles of the land began to be sorrowful at seeing a man whom they loved so much and who was moreover their lord and their foster brother without an heir and they came to him and the place where they met was presley and deved lord said they we know that thou art not so young as some of the men of this country and we fear that thou mayest not have an heir of the wife whom thou hast taken take therefore another wife of whom thou mayest have heirs thou canst not always continue with us and though thou desire to remain as thou art we will not suffer thee truly said poise we have not long been joined together and many things may yet befall grant me a year from this time and for the space of a year we will abide together and after that i will do according to your wishes so they granted it and before the end of a year a son was born unto him and in our birth was he born and on the night that he was born women were brought to watch the mother and the boy and the women slept as did also rhianon the mother of the boy and the number of the women that were brought into the chamber was six and they watched for a good portion of the night and before midnight every one of them fell asleep and towards break of day they awoke and when they awoke they looked where they had put the boy and behold he was not there oh said one of the women the boy is lost yes said another and it will be small vengeance if we are burnt or put to death because of the child said one of the women is there any counsel for us in the world in this matter there is answered another i offer you good counsel what is that asked they there is here a stag-hound bitch 
and she has a litter of whelps let us kill some of the cubs and rub the blood on the face and hands of rhianon and lay the bones before her and assert that she herself had devoured her son and she alone will not be able to gainsay us six and according to this counsel it was settled and towards morning rhianon awoke and she said women where is my son lady said they ask us not concerning thy son we have naught but the blows and the bruises we got by struggling with thee and of a truth we never saw any woman so violent as thou for it was of no avail to contend with thee hast thou not thyself devoured thy son claim him not therefore of us for pity's sake said rhianon the lord god knows all things charge me not falsely if you tell me this from fear i assert before heaven that i will defend you truly said they we would not bring evil on ourselves for any one in the world for pity's sake said rhianon you will receive no evil by telling the truth but for all her words whether fair or harsh she received but the same answer from the women and poise the chief of anwoon arose and his household and his hosts and this occurrence could not be concealed but the story went forth throughout the land and all the nobles heard it then the nobles came to poise and besought him to put away his wife because of the great crime which she had done but poise answered them that they had no cause wherefore they might ask him to put away his wife save for her having no children but children has she now had therefore will i not put her away if she has done wrong let her do penance for it so rhianon sent for the teachers and the wise men and as she preferred doing penance to contending with the women she took upon her a penance and the penance that was imposed upon her was that she should remain in that palace of narberth until the end of seven years and that she should sit every day near unto a horse-block that was without the gate and that she should relate the story to all who should come there whom she might suppose not to know it already and that she should offer the guests and strangers if they would permit her to carry them upon her back into the palace but it rarely happened that any would permit and thus did she spend part of the year now at that time ternon twirliant was lord of goentiscoed and he was the best man in the world and unto his house there belonged a mare than which neither mare nor horse in the kingdom was more beautiful and on the night of every first of may she foaled and no one ever knew what became of the colt and one night ternon talked with his wife wife said he it is very simple of us that our mare should foal every year and that we should have none of her colts what can be done in the matter said she this is the night of the first of may said he the vengeance of heaven be upon me if i learn not what it is that takes away the colts so he caused the mare to be brought into a house and he armed himself and began to watch that night and in the beginning of the night the mare foaled a large and beautiful colt and it was standing up in the place and ternion rose up and looked at the size of the colt and as he did so he heard a great tumult and after the tumult behold a claw came through the window into the house and it seized the colt by the mane then ternon drew his sword and struck off the arm at the elbow so that portion of the arm together with the colt was in the house with him and then did he hear a tumult and wailing both at once and he opened the door and rushed out in the direction of the noise and he could not see the cause of the tumult because of the darkness of the night but he rushed after it and followed it then he remembered that he had left the door open and he returned and at the door behold there was an infant boy in swaddling clothes wrapped around in a mantle of satin and he took up the boy and behold he was very strong for the age that he was of then he shut the door and went unto the chamber where his wife was 
lady said he art thou sleeping no lord said she i was asleep but as thou camest in i did awake behold here is a boy for thee if thou wilt said he since thou hast never had one my lord said she what adventure is this it was thus said Terian, and he told her how it all befell verily lord said she what sort of garments are there upon the boy a mantle of satin said he he is then a boy of gentle lineage she replied my lord she said if thou wilt i shall have great diversion and mirth i will call my women unto me and tell them that i have been pregnant i will readily grant thee to do this he answered and thus did they and they caused the boy to be baptized and the ceremony was performed there and the name which they gave unto him was guri uast urin because what hair was upon his head was as yellow as gold and they had the boy nursed in the court until he was a year old and before the year was over he could walk stoutly and he was larger than a boy of three years old even one of great growth and size and the boy was nursed the second year and then he was as large as a child six years old and before the end of the fourth year he would bribe the grooms to allow him to take the horses to water my lord said his wife unto terrignan where is the colt which thou didst save on the night that thou foundest the boy i have commanded the grooms of the horses said he that they take care of him would it not be well lord said she if thou wert to cause him to be broken in and given to the boy seeing that on the same night that thou didst find the boy the colt was foaled and thou didst save him i will not oppose thee in this matter said terrignan i will allow thee to give him the colt lord said she may heaven reward thee i will give it him so the horse was given to the boy then she went to the grooms and those who tended the horses and commanded them to be careful of the horse so that he might be broken in by the time that the boy could ride him and while these things were going forward they heard tidings of rhianon and her punishment and terrignan turivliant by reason of the pity that he felt on hearing this story of rhianon and her punishment inquired closely concerning it until he had heard from many of those who came to his court then did terrignan often lamenting the sad history ponder within himself and he looked steadfastly on the boy and as he looked upon him it seemed to him that he had never beheld so great a likeness between father and son as between the boy and poise the chief of anwoon now the semblance of poise was well known to him for he had of yore been one of his followers and thereupon he became grieved for the wrong that he did in keeping with him a boy whom he knew to be the son of another man and the first time that he was alone with his wife he told her that it was not right that they should keep the boy with them and suffer so excellent a lady as rhianon to be punished so greatly on his account whereas the boy was the son of poise the chief of anwoon and terrignan's wife agreed with him that they should send the boy to poise and three things lord said she shall we gain thereby thanks and gifts for releasing rhianon from her punishment and thanks from poise for nursing his son and restoring him unto him and thirdly if the boy is of gentle nature he will be our foster-son and he will do for us all the good in his power so it was settled according to this counsel and no later than the next day was ternian equipped and two other knights with him and the boy as a fourth in their company went with them upon the horse which ternian had given him and they journeyed towards narberg and it was not long before they reached that place and as they drew near to the palace they beheld rhianon sitting beside the horse-block and when they were opposite to her chieftain said she go not further thus i will bear every one of you into the palace and this is my penance for slaying my own son and devouring him o fair lady said ternian think not that i will be one to be carried upon thy back neither will i said the boy truly my soul said ternian we will not go 
so they went forward to the palace and there was great joy at their coming and at the palace a feast was prepared because poise was come back from the confines of deved and they went into the hall and washed and poise rejoiced to see ternion and in this order they sat ternion between poise and rhianon and ternion's two companions on the other side of poise with the boy between them and after meat they began to carouse and to discourse and ternion's discourse was concerning the adventure of the mare and the boy and how he and his wife had nursed and reared the child as their own and behold here is thy son lady said ternion and whosoever told that lie concerning thee has done wrong and when i heard of thy sorrow i was troubled and grieved and i believe that there is none of this host who will not perceive that the boy is the son of pois said ternion there is none said they all who is not certain thereof i declare to heaven said rhianon that if this be true there indeed is an end to my trouble lady said pandaren deved well hast thou named thy son pradere and well becomes him the name of pradere son of pois chief of anwoon look you said rhianon will not his own name become him better what name has he asked pandaren deved guri wast urin is the name that we gave him pradere said pandaren shall his name be it were more proper said poise that the boy should take his name from the word his mother spoke when she received the joyful tidings of him and thus was it arranged ternion said poise heaven reward thee that thou hast reared the boy up to this time and being of gentle lineage it were fitting that he repay thee for it my lord said ternion it was my wife who nursed him and there is no one in the world so afflicted as she at parting with him it were well that he should bear in mind what i and my wife have done for him i call heaven to witness said poise that while i live i will support thee and thy possessions as long as i am able to preserve my own and when he shall have power he will more fitly maintain them than i and if this counsel be pleasing unto thee and to my nobles it shall be that as thou hast reared him up to the present time i will give him to be brought up by pandarim deved from henceforth and you shall be companions and shall both be foster fathers unto him this is good counsel said they all so the boy was given to pen darin deved and the nobles of the land were sent with him and ternion turifliant and his companions set out for his country and his possessions with love and gladness and he went not without being offered the fairest jewels and the fairest horses and the choicest dogs but he would take none of them thereupon they all remained in their own dominions and pradere the son of pois the chief of anwoon was brought up carefully as was fit so that he became the fairest youth and the most comely and the best skilled in all good games of any in the kingdom and thus passed years and years until the end of poise the chief of anwoon's life came and he died and pradere ruled the seven cantrefs of deved prosperously and he was beloved by his people and by all around him and at length he added unto them the three cantrefs of estrad tui and the four cantrefs of cardigan and these were called the seven cantrefs of sisesuch and when he made this addition pradere the son of poise the chief of anmoon desired to take a wife and the wife he chose was kikfa the daughter of guin go hu the son of glau ulas ladan the son of prince kasnar one of the nobles of this island and thus ends this portion of the mabinogen end of section two